0: Welcome to the Fun Size Podcast. I'm your host, Kirsten, and with me today is a very ambitious petite who's really making waves in the petite fashion industry. Her name is Laura, and you might know her as the face and founder of The Shortlist, which is a very classy petite clothing brand on the rise. And I'm so excited to chat about her story and this brand and so much more. So, without any further ado, welcome to the show, Laura.
1: Ah, thank you so much for that introduction. That was lovely.
0: You know, I really like doing introductions. But anyway, before we dive into your brand story, can you tell us a little bit more about you, the woman behind the brand? Like maybe tell us your height, your location, and anything else you want to share?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So my name's Laura. I'm from Bristol in England. I'm 35. I'm five foot one and a half, and I—I I guess my thing is that I've started a petite fashion label called the Shortlist with absolutely no relevant experience or qualifications
0: whatsoever. <laughs> That's one thing that I'm super excited to talk about. And just it's so interesting to me, and I just love that because it's very inspiring to the rest of us who are like, yeah, like we've always thought about maybe doing it, but we don't—we don't have experience. Like I know I felt that way for a really long time. Now I'm kind of like testing the waters and getting my feet out there (laughs) but it's mostly because I know people like you and a lot of the other petite brands out there are kind of just like hey I have no experience but I'm fed up with the way that the industry is so I'm making a change which is fantastic so I commend you for that. So what was your childhood like as a petite and how has it shaped you into the woman that you are today?
1: So do you know what I never really had a hang up about it I was definitely always like the smallest in my class when I was younger but I never felt a particular way about it I know my mum told me that when I was born she did some sort of um calculation you can do where you measure sort of your baby from head to toe and work out how tall they're going to be when they're like fully grown and she she worked out I was going to be five foot three and she's like oh she's going to be shorter than me and I didn't even make five foot three so just yeah but I mean apart from that like I've always wanted to have longer legs but I just I guess as a woman I don't feel you know it's it's too difficult being short so yeah haven't felt anything about it really.
0: That's so weird what is what is that measurement like is that know, like an like, old wives tale or something?
1: It is the most old wives
0: <laughs> thing ever like I have no idea but I mean it was pretty accurate to be That's honest. That's funny yeah I've always been the shortest in my class too like just always was the short one yeah and for me like I didn't I didn't like it at all I always wish I was you know on par with everyone else but it is what it is
1: I remember just like you know when you're younger and you hear about this thing called the growth spurt that you're going to have when you're a teenager and you're really excited about it I just I didn't you know spurt up anywhere I just sort of
0: poogled along (laughs) until I reached five foot one (laughs) same same all right so how was your brand born? Like, was there a pivotal event or something that happened that prompted you to create this shortlist or, you know, what happened?
1: Yeah, so basically I was working for myself. I used to do recruitment before I did this and I'd already left an agency to work for myself. So I'd already made the jump to go and work self-employed. And I think that was, you know, one sort of of the scary bits that I'd already done, But then I was miserable. I, you know, I was doing really well in it, but just didn't find it a very friendly environment to work in. And, you know, just didn't feel like it was setting my soul alight and didn't want to do it for the rest of my career. And it was during lockdown. So the world was kind of just come to a standstill. And I remember sitting in the park with my fiance one day and talking to him about how in lockdown all these new sort of brands had sprung up, but they were all for taller girls. And I just can't get away with wearing skirts and dresses if they're not for Petites and he said mm-hmm. I I think you could do it like I think you'd make a really good brand and it was crazy because obviously I had no experience or anything but I remember because it was just I was so unhappy and the world just all felt a bit strange I said I'm going to research it for a week and see what happens and I just got really sucked into it because I was doing market research speaking to friends um, all of them were finding the same problems I was doing sort of competitor research and just finding that there were just not enough brands out there. And then I started to sort of get ideas for what the brand would be like and kind of just got swept up in it really. And then,
0: yeah, the rest is history. I love that. Yeah, and it's so great to have that support system where, you know, he was encouraging you. And I think that's, it's a common kind of thing that I hear amongst other petite brands. It's like, yeah, my partner was like, go for it. You should do it. And it's kind of like that just little extra push that's like, yeah, like I can do this. And I think that's really important to have, while you're growing and expanding your brand too because as i'm sure that we're going to get into there's a lot of ups and downs and yes. <laughs> i'm so excited to get into all of that um but first where does the name the shortlist come from like how did you come up with that what does it symbolize now
1: i wish i had a really cool story for this um i knew uh, well, i was struggling with the name and kind of kept putting it off i was doing all the other branding stuff first and knew that I wanted something that was just a bit pithy and a bit sort of just cool, but not kind of trying too hard. And I don't know about you, I don't love the word petite. I find it quite twee. And I thought a lot of the brands that I was seeing kind of had petite in the name, and I just wanted to stay away from that. And I, when I went home and I first told my family that I was doing this, my sister just immediately went on her phone and Googled <laughs> words with short in them <laughs> and just said, the shortlist. And I just went, that's it. <laughs> and then that was, that was how it was formed. But I knew as soon as she said it, I just, that was my brand and everything really came together at that point.
0: Hey, I think that's a great story. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just wish I could take credit for it, but she's the wordsmith in all of this. Hey, You know what, that it works, you know, it's, it's yeah. good to have the inspo from other people and all that. So speaking of inspo, Who inspires you and how do you come up with creating your pieces? Because I know you've created all of your pieces from scratch, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So all of them from scratch. To be honest, now I'm getting to the point where I've done five collections and I'm starting to just understand my customer. So I'm really designing based on what I know that they particularly love. So they tend to go for quite classic things, but with a bit of flair about them. I think when I originally started designing things, I don't know about you, but I feel like most of the petite stuff I buy is like an add on to the main collection of a larger store. And they've taken a few of the sort of more sort of standard things and they have just made short versions. So I thought, no, I want things that are really original that these women are going to be wearing and thinking, oh, my God, I'm so glad I'm petite because nobody else can have this stuff.
0: I love that. I know,
1: isn't it about time? So I start with pretty sort of classic shapes, because it all has to be very elongating and flattering on shorter frames, but then I elevate them so I spend loads of time creating colours that are, you know, the sort of colours that you don't see very often, really, really flattering shades, and design all of the prints from scratch. I have to say I'm not the designer, but I sort of direct the design. So I give, you know, mm-hmm. all the inspiration and stuff. Um, and create quite sort of wearable things, you know some bold pieces but most of it's just sort of very versatile um you know dress up dress down that
0: kind of thing I love on your website I think it is you say the petite section is our main collection and I I just love that (laughs) quote because it's it's so fitting for what you do and how unique your pieces really are so maybe could you talk about like some of the favorite items that you currently have in stock get a little bit more specific about like what the details are yeah, of course.
1: So I think my favourite actually is probably the Emmy dress, which is a mini dress that has sort of a round neck and three quarter length sleeves, but it's got ruffles on the sleeves and a ruffle on the bottom of the skirt. And it's made in a beautiful Georgette um, that's sheer. So it's lined on the bodice and the skirt, but then you've got these beautiful short sort of sheer sleeves with the ruffles and spent ages on the print. It's just stunning. It's a really intricate sort of damask style in navy and cream that looks kind of like busy but classic and it's kind of makes it the kind of dress that you could dress up dress down you know wear in lots of different ways and that's been a massive bestseller this season also the Janet shirt dress so i really wanted to do something that was more suitable for workwear this season and that's been really popular so she's a really classic design she's got the tie belt um she's kind of a utility style, but sort of an, a very classy length that I think makes you look taller if you're petite and really, really soft fabric. And she's in beautiful indigo navy and a khaki. And the last one is probably the Millie skirt, which I re release every season because she is the bestseller of all time and I do her in different prints. Um, so this season I've done her in a plain black which was really popular and had been asked for and also an emerald coloured paisley I think paisley can just be done in such a sort of horrible kind of boho kind of way but this is super chic very cool very high end and just on this stunning emerald coloured satin it's
0: just been another bestseller so those are probably my top three yeah, and who would you say is your ideal demographic? Like, obviously, petite women, but, like, who is she? Well, it all came from my personal experiences, and so often does, but I'm,
1: so I'm 35, and I just thought, when you get into your 30s, you feel like all the things you've been used to wearing, suddenly you're starting to grow out of them, but also you're not ready for, I don't know what they have in the US, but here in the UK, it's things like Bowden and Next and stuff, and they're all just a little bit mumsy, And I just had this image of like a brand that was really like smart and funny and didn't take itself too seriously, but was also kind of high end, you know, because when you're in your 30s, you have a bit more disposable income and you know what you like to wear and you just want to have a bit more fun with fashion. Um, And so it's just kind of encapsulating all of those things that I felt and I feel like it's a gap in the
0: market. Absolutely. And I feel like you completely nail it. Because every time I see one of your posts, like it is funny, like you have this kind of like silly, but comical, like way about the way that you talk. And I, I think it's just refreshing in a way because or I feel like I could relate to you like instantly, like it's such a unique personality of a brand that I haven't seen anywhere else. So I really like, I think that's amazing that you've accomplished that and um, your transparency across the board ever since you started, it's just full transparency. Like this is how it's going. This is how I'm growing. And this is like all the hard things that I'm going through. And I just love that about you. So can you talk a little bit about your brand's growth? Um, And I know that you've done this in your Instagram Mm -hmm. stories all the time or posts too. But yeah, just kind of like a little recap about how the process has been from start till now.
1: Yeah, gosh, it's, it's the most difficult thing. I mean, no exaggeration, the most difficult thing I've ever done in my life. I just, I all I almost don't think I would have done it if I knew how difficult it would be. And I think I'm out of the worst part now, but it's, you know, there are so many things to get to grips with and you're making all the mistakes on the job in real time. I think a lot of people who are brave enough to start their own fashion brand, do it from a background in fashion where they've at least learned a lot of these things, you know, um, sort of with a larger employer. Whereas, you know, I feel like I made so many mistakes up front and I guess the main thing for my brand was that I started out being UK made and I think it was good for me because it was useful to be able to make things here when I started, but it is extortionately expensive so when I launched I was selling dresses that were sort of 300 pounds and I was making no money from them either. Um, and so this year, I moved my manufacturer to Poland, and I reduced my prices, and I started doing advertising, and everything's just kind of gone from strength to strength. So I really, you know, I've hit my stride, I've made a lot of the mistakes, I know what I'm doing, I know my customer. Um, and this year has been amazing. So my spring collection in April I doubled the sales of the previous collection. And then this collection that I've just launched. Amazing. Yeah. It like made 25% more sales on launch night. So everything's kind of going the right way. And I feel that a lot of it is like you just got to hang in there because people are finding me. And what I tend to find is that people will buy from me once. And then they'll love their piece and then they'll come back and buy several pieces oh, the next time. So it's just kind of, you know, the consistency. And mm-hmm. yeah, but it's 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 unbelievably tough. Like you said earlier, having a partner who, I don't think I could do it without a partner, you know, just someone right. who understands what you're going through. Because I think one of the hardest things is like as the face of the business, like you said, I am honest, but there's, you have to do the honest with like a positive spin. And actually some days you can just be so, so caught up in it and it's so difficult and you need somebody that you can offload to and not have to put the shiny spin on it if you see what I mean
0: yeah there's this thing I heard like a while back when I first started coaching and being an entrepreneur and all that and it was something like you can share those like hard times, but you can't share them until you're like a little bit through the tunnel, you back, know, like, cause it. you yeah. can't like just, there's so many emotions going on when you're in the thick of it and just, you can't see the light until you like see the light in a w- weird sort of way. Um, but yeah, there's that, that gap where you don't share everything that's happening in the right now, but maybe like a couple days later you can so I get that when you can when when I can make a joke about yes. it. yes the point where i do like a post and I'll like you know have a witty aside
1: or something but no not when I'm crying about
0: it no. for sure yeah I totally understand that um but going back to what you said a little bit about the prices um and like what those items cost can you tell us a little bit why your prices are where they are and I know you get a lot of questions all the time like why are your pieces so overpriced and kind of things like that yeah I totally get it because I didn't realize how expensive
1: clothing is to make until I started making it myself we've kind of been ruined by the state of the fashion industry but the 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 truth of the matter is if you are you know I don't know H&M and you are making thousands of a piece and you are negotiating hard costs with your factory in China um, and you are getting them from, you know, someone drawing the picture in design to shop floor in a matter of about six weeks. You can sell that piece for twenty five pounds. I'm spending six to eight months to design my collections, and they are all bespoke prints. If you buy something, it's been made ethically in a really nice factory in Poland, where everybody's paid fairly and it's, you know, really nice working environment, and. Only probably about 19 other girls are wearing that piece. So it is probably the most limited edition thing you have in your wardrobe. Um, and it was hard at first. I think there was a lot of backlash against my prices. But now that I've been going long enough, I think one, people land on my website and they already know what my prices are and they either take it or leave it. Um, but also the people who are buying from me, I know that they, now that they have my pieces, they know that they're worth it. So mm-hmm. it's kind of that's the kind of the. sort of feedback I needed really
0: yeah kind of building that trust
1: yeah definitely yeah Yeah.
0: I've run into this too where like I'm just getting started I'm you know talking to a designer now and you know one of the things that I wanted to do was a seamless legging and she was like just to let you know like the minimum quantity of that is 2,000 pieces and I'm like whoa that's a lot and so there's just a lot that we don't know unless you know you start unpacking everything and doing the research and like looking into everything so yeah I'm with you on that like oh wow I didn't realize how expensive clothing is to me yeah and
1: I I, I, I try to sort of make allowances for that now because I just have to remind myself I didn't know either and and why would anyone know you know if all the clothing in the, in the stores is 30 pounds you would think oh why am I going to spend 165 pounds on a skirt but and you
0: understand and, you know, people are lovely about it. So, yeah, I think once you understand it, becomes a whole nother, you know, mindset shift kind of thing. But anyway, do you have anything special planned for 2023? Like, what are you working on? Can you tell us a little bit? Yeah. So everything now is working on spring,
1: summer 23. So I launched two collections a year. And I'm developing the prints at the moment. I'm doing some brand new prints, styles that I've never done before, which I always like to surprise people with. I basically, my collections, I keep them super top secret until about a month before I launch. And then I sort of drip <laughs> feed some like really exciting teasers through to people and, you know, sort of really wet their appetite for it. Um, so that will launch in April. I've got some brand new colours that I've never done before. Brand new prints, like I say. And then I'm doing dresses and skirts, new styles and sort of cover you every every
0: occasion, work, event, daytime. So yeah, really excited about it. Cool. I love that. And where do you see yourself or your brand going in five years?
1: Do you know what? I think the main thing is that when you start a business, you just have to muddle through doing everything yourself. But I am painfully aware that I'm just not the best. Like no one would hire me to do this stuff in their company because I'm just sort of winging it. So I think in five years, I really like to think that I'll have one or two people with me sort of doing some of the stuff that I'm not so good at freeing me to do the stuff that I'm better at and, and and to get better at it in the process. So, yeah, I don't I don't see I don't have visions of like being, you know, a high street name or everything. I always want to be a boutique, but I want to be a boutique where I feel like I'm
0: sort of excelling because I've got the best people on the job, if that makes sense. I love what you just said because I think there's a lot of times where people will start a business and they think they have to go viral or hang with the big brands and like compete with that but you don't have to do that to be successful like you can be a small business a small boutique and be super successful and you don't have to be competing with the big brands so I love that you are aware of that and have just said that because i think it's it's super good
1: and, and if you know it early, then it shapes everything else that you do. But I remember hearing a con- somebody that I follow, who's like a fashion consultant. And she said, you know, it's like the number of followers doesn't tell you anything about how successful your business is, you can have 5000 followers and be making loads of money, because they're all really engaged in what you're doing. They all are very loyal, they spend a lot of money with you. So I think it's just working out what's going to make you happy. I mean, let's be honest, I left recruitment because I wasn't happy. I don't know why Suddenly, I'd be turning this into something that I didn't enjoy either. So, I'm doing it on my
0: terms. Speaking of that, I do you want to talk about that viral LinkedIn post?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, basically, I, when I worked in recruitment, I had quite a personal sort of brand and I used to post on LinkedIn a couple of times a week with advice and, you know, just, you know, re- relatable stuff and used to do really well. And I built up quite a following. And so when I decided that I was going to do this, I didn't have a way to make it final. I didn't have a boss that I could hand my notice into. I was literally just, okay, well, I guess I'll just stop doing recruitment today and that'll be it. So I decided to do one final LinkedIn post and I nearly didn't post it, but because I I didn't have a job that it could reflect badly on, I could just be very honest about how I felt. And so I just said, I'm leaving. I've just been miserable. I just don't think this job is for me. I'm gonna try my hand at something else. And it went viral. It was crazy. I think I had like (laughs) 2 million hits on it or something. And in the space of about three days, I had 4,500 people come and join my Instagram. But do you know, I think it's one of those sliding doors moments where if it hadn't happened, I kind of dread to think how long, you know, I just don't think I could have had the sellout launches and it would have taken so long for people to find out about me. And I just wonder whether maybe it would have sort of not worked out. But didn't bear thinking about really
0: yeah that's crazy though because like you got a viral post before you even had a product or you probably even thought of a product right yeah
1: exactly and this this is the thing I'd heard that you have to you have to create your audience and get them really excited for what you're going to launch before you launch it so I had basically set 1st of February, I was going to start all my Instagram stuff. And then in June, I was going to launch. And then two weeks later, I had all these people. And so I had so many eyes on all of this stuff that I had planned. And it was true, by the time I launched, everything sold out, you know, they were really invested, not just in the brand, but they'd found out about me as this sort of budding entrepreneur who was just, you know, quitting a job and trying something new. So it's kind of, I've taken that spin into the shortlist. And now I do quite a lot of content that is just about, you know, Laura trying to
0: make a successful business. Yeah, I love that. It's so fun. (laughs) And it's so real. Like it's, it's awesome. What would you say to your younger self or maybe someone who feels like they hate their job right now and they want to start, let's say a petite clothing brand or anything really like whether it's shoes or not even a clothing brand, it's just a business that Is new and challenging.
1: So, I would say that you just have to get really clear on exactly like the best thing is niche. So, if you take me for example, I've obviously got a great niche in petite clothing, but I've niched further. I've said it's for 30 somethings who are sort of bit fashion forward, smart, you know, funny, and all the rest of it. And you'd think that that would drive people away, but actually, it makes the people who buy from you just so much more obsessed with your brand. So, I think if you that, you know, if you took anything the market is already saturated with it but people are going to buy into like the way you do it and why you're doing it so i think if you get really clear on that and then just be smart about it as well. You know, I did a business plan and everything. You've got to know how are you going to go about things and treat it like a real job, even if it's just going to be a side hustle in the meantime. Um, but those are the two strands, the sort of creative bit, you know, bring your brand to life that people are going to go crazy for it. And then the sort of business side of things where you think, how am I going to make this work and
0: make it make money? Yeah, such good advice. Can you let the listeners know where they can find you and shop your clothing and learn more about you. Yeah, absolutely. So my handle on Instagram is at shop the shortlist and same for my website. So it's shoptheshortlist.co.uk Perfect. Perfect. And last question, just for fun, if you could eliminate any short girl problem, what would it be?
1: Oh, so for me, it's crowds. Like <laughs> I just honestly, when you are short... It just feels like being underwater. It's horrible. And I I do avoid places, you know, like I would never go to a standing part of like, you know, a concert or anything like that. Do you find this? Yeah,
0: I find this. Yeah, no, I would never be down there in the... (laughs) No, just no. I hate it. I feel like a child (laughs) as well. Like it's really horrible. People are mean because they won't (laughs) let you go to the front. Like even though they could see over you, they'd be like, no, like this is my spot. It's like, no. no,
1: It's every man for himself and it normally is men. It's like six foot men
0: in front yeah. of you. Yeah. You see their back or their chest and you're like, why am I here? Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really enjoyed getting to meet you and talk with you and learn more about you and your brand. And I'm just so excited that we were able to connect like this. It's amazing.
1: It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Fun Size Podcast. If you're under 5'3", enjoyed this episode, and you want to hear about more petite brands and just anything related to being a short girl, really, hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening. Thanks again, and as always, I'll catch you in the next episode. Are you tired of scrolling the gram for your next workout? Or maybe you just wish you had an ongoing, easy to follow, short girl friendly workout program that you can actually rely on. If that's where you're finding yourself today, then you would really enjoy the Fun Size Fitness app. Inside the app, you'll find a new workout program every month where each exercise is accompanied by a video demonstration performed by a petite. You'll also be able to easily log the weights and the reps that you do so that you can keep making progress week to week. And you'll be able to message me directly at any time if you need help. Here's what three different petite ladies have to say about this app. First one is, I love that the app keeps me consistent with a plan versus winging it whenever I go to the gym. The second, it's a game changer to have a new plan in place every month. And last but not least, I love that it allows me to use new equipment and feel more comfortable about doing new exercises. You can learn more about the Fun Size Fitness app and how to download it at funsize.life app. And as a New Year's special for new subscribers, you can start for just $5 a month for three months. That's just $15 to get 12 weeks of workouts. I don't know where else you're going to find a deal this good, so just head on over to funsize.life slash app to check it all out and use code FUNFIT23 to lock in this limited time deal.